I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotel's family of 22 brands has over 7,400 locations and the perfect hotel for any traveler you want to be. Like a Cambria Hotel, serving up locally inspired craft cocktails for all my folks who maybe want to meet up and talk about Mad Royals. Check into a Radisson Hotel with flexible workspaces for you strivers who listen during business travel. Or a Comfort Hotel with free hot breakfast, family-friendly pools, and big spacious rooms for the parents who listen with their kids and need a little retreat. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any of you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm editor Candace Gibson, joined by staff writer Josh Clark. Call me God Gibson. <laughs> A throwback to our Lady Godiva podcast. That is true. You know, it's almost as quaint as a cute little 11th century Anglo-Saxon village. What? Colonial villages. Just, I like thinking of all the the buckles and the little thatched roofs and the tea and, you know, like the the high spirits of no more king. Yeah. It's kind of sweet. Or, you know, the whole uh, puritanical outlook, the encouraging uh, citizens to spy on all their neighbors and tattle and all that kind of thing. I mean, either way you look at it. You know, the hangings, the burnings at the stake, that kind of thing. Valid point. Yeah. I kind of view colonial life as fairly grim, but I'm pretty glad they stuck it out because... I'm pretty here happy to we be are here today. Yeah. And that's funny because colonial life, you're right, it was really grim. And it <laughs> took a really strong person to volunteer to come over on a boat to a land that they hadn't seen before and stake out a life here. It's about survival mm-hmm. and about finding a, an appropriate power hierarchy and creating new life and new traditions. And so you look at a place like Colonial Williamsburg, for instance. Which is pretty. I agree. Yeah. Have you been? I have. They've got that super cool like uh, museum tour, and every once in a while there's like a, a wax figure in there. Uh, especially the insane asylum is particularly disturbing. Ooh, I haven't been there. They show um, they have like a wax figure and I think a straitjacket with a metal cage over his head, and it really kind of drives home, you know, 
you, it was a good thing not to be insane in colonial America. <laughs> and, okay, so that aside, yeah. Colonial Williamsburg is a pretty quaint place, but it's sort of overshadowed by the mystery of, I guess, colonial Roanoke. Yeah, well, Williamsburg is, you know, very recent compared to Roanoke. Right. Which is, uh, first, first settled in 1585. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there, there was a group of like a hundred people, a hundred men, actually, I should say, mainly military guys. There was a scientist who came along and an artist named John White, uh, who later became governor of, uh, of the next Roanoke colony. And, uh, it didn't stick. No. Um, it didn't work out all that well. They, they lasted 10 months, I think. And people had come before even this group came over. Yeah, there was over, an expedition. And they scouted the area, you know, did some surveillance, found where the best place would be for the settlement, things like this, mm-hmm. normal things to do. Um, and after the reconnaissance mission came these settlers, and they couldn't get along with the Native Americans. And well, I, let me interject here. It wasn't really the uh, natives' fault. No, no, no. They, completely there was a not. policy of um, kidnapping. Anytime they wanted information, food, anything. Right. They would hold the tribal leaders for ransom. Yeah. And then, you know, let them go or maybe not. Um, There was another incident right after that uh, 1585 colony was established. Um, They found a silver cup was missing. So they burned down an Indian village. So, Not I mean, exactly there was a, tit for tat. No, and the worst part is, is especially with the Powhatans, um, they, they were pretty friendly with the English settlers from the moment they arrived. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the first wave of settlers, the first hundred men that came, really did a lot to uh, chip away at those, you know, warm feelings pretty quick. They did. And, you know, it's ironic because they were depending on, as they called them, these savages, yeah. for food and resources. And no thanks were given, essentially, like you've explained. And finally, they were under such a heavy threat of attack from the Native Americans mm-hmm. that the men had to pick up and leave. And they didn't have any more supplies. And so they cut it out of Roanoke. Right. And ironically, I think about two weeks later, the next group came. Well, the the, the people from the, this group, the 100 men that had left for England to go get supplies, mm-hmm. uh, they arrived about two weeks after uh, Sir Walter Raleigh showed up and took the, the, the 100 men back to England. Um, so this, the supply ship comes two weeks later, finds no one there, and, you know, they don't want to give up their stake in the new world. So they, the, the guy, uh, Glenville, I believe, or Grenville, sorry, um, he leaves 15 soldiers behind to kind of man the settlement until more colonists can be, you know, rounded up and brought back to the new world. And while that may have been a wise decision when it comes to holding on to your land, it was a very poor decision in terms of relations with the Native Americans because <laughs> here were a really fired up group of people who were mad at all things European. Sure. And these new men come and maybe they have some idea of the precedent that their fellow Europeans have set, but maybe not. I would think not. And so even if they tried to establish relations with the locals – it was all shot to poo because they were essentially killed off really fast. Uh, yeah, we don't know exactly when they were killed off, but when the second wave of colonists arrived in 1587, about 12 months later, mm-hmm. um, there was nothing but one set of bones of one of the soldiers. So, you know, clearly that he'd been killed, you know, uh, long enough ago so that all that was left was bones. There was no right. rotting flesh or anything like that. And I think that there was like a, a skeleton of some sort of house or hut or something nearby. It was mm-hmm. all pretty dilapidated the place at was this trash. point. It was trash. Yeah, yeah, it was trash. And in this new group of settlers, it was men, women, 
and children. Yeah, this is a this is a settlement that mo- that much resembled later colonies. There were there was ways to reproduce and have new kids, and mm-hmm. it, it was clearly a, a colony that was intended to to plant. And actually, the the male colonists of this colony were called planters. Right. Um, so they they wanted to kind of plant this English seed in the new world mm-hmm. and let it grow, right? Right. Um, and actually, the first English baby uh, was born in the new Little world. Out Virginia of this Dare. Yeah. Is that right? Yep, Virginia Dare. Yeah. And she was actually the granddaughter of John White, who was the artist who'd been on that 1585 expedition. And he was back. And as in the governor this time, right? Yeah. He's the governor now, and. They set up a nice little village for themselves. I think they have two-story little houses with thatched roofs, and things seem to be going pretty well. But again, no surprise here, tensions exist between Native Americans and these people, and not yeah. between all the Native American tribes. Some are actually a little bit friendly. Well, yeah, they, they the Powhatans, they uh, managed to get back in their good graces again. Right. Uh, but there are plenty of other tribes that had been hostile from the start or had grown hostile from the 1585 expedition that either kept their distance. Um, I, I don't think that there were any attacks on the second Roanoke colony that we know of that were documented, but at the very least, they weren't helping these people out. So basically, they... They, they had the Powhatans to rely on um, and supplies from England, which is, I think, 3,600 miles away from the outer banks of North Carolina, which is where Roanoke is. Right. So, so they were in a precarious position. They were. And White actually had to leave he to did, go back to England like for a, more supplies. a month or two after. And here is where things get mysterious. Yeah. Here's the, here's the fact or fiction part. Um, you know, most people think Roanoke lost colony. Um, they, they assume that the Indians... There was an, an Indian attack, and the colonists, the, the colony was wiped out. So let's make that the fact or fiction part. Okay. Is, you want to tell them is that fact or fiction? We don't really know. I'm going to go with faction. faction. My my <laughs> default answer. And when White came back, everyone was gone. Just gone. Gone, and it wasn't you know bones here and there like the 15 soldiers from before. It wasn't dilapidated huts mm-hmm. like they, before. He wrote that he wrote later that they've been taken down. Yeah, they didn't been, indicate that they'd been destroyed or burned or anything like that. Just that they weren't there any longer. Exactly. And he looked for a Maltese cross, mm-hmm. which is essentially a symbol that they agreed to use to indicate distress. Mm-hmm. None. And yeah. there was one clue. There were two. Well, one and a half, really. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the word uh, Croatoan, right? Right. Was carved into this um, impromptu fort. Basically, the colonists had built a, 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 a wall around where the settlement had been, um, and on one of the post uh, post of uh, this um, this fort uh, was carved the word Croatoan. Croatoan and- was an island nearby where friendly Powhatans lived. Right. right? And, and because there was no, I'm sorry, <laughs> because there was no uh, Maltese cross carved in, uh, Governor White assumed that the, the colonists had upped and moved to Croatoan right. for protection, food, resources, something like that. The other half of that clue was that on another post or a tree, I mm, think, a tree. was the word crow. Like yeah, someone had started like, to write Croatoan. Maybe they ran out of finish. space or something like that. Yeah. Ran and then out they of- went back and did it, you know, the <laughs> whole thing. That's the only clue. That's it. And, you know, it kind of makes you want to beat your head against a wall because no one bothered really investigating the dis- the disappearance. And I think that England launched a few fleets of ships to go over, but people sort of used it to their 
own glory and overtook these missions as mercenary trips, really, sure. to go and exploit different parts of the land instead of investigating what happened at Roanoke. And you have to wonder why John White didn't do it. I mean, you think about it, his um, his daughter, son-in-law, and granddaughter were among the missing. And he here he is on Roanoke Island, and... Croatoan is a hop, skip, and a jump away. The problem is, when he went to go get supplies, uh, th- there was a, an attack on England by the Spanish Armada. So he was delayed basically three years mm-hmm. before he could go get back to Roanoke. And by the time he could get back, the only way to get there, he didn't even have supplies. Right. Um, he was basically a guest on this passenger ship. Mm-hmm. So he had no say in, in what the ship did or where it went. So... The, uh, I believe the, the ship's captain decided that they were going to go up for a little piracy. And before they could, the, the, I think the season changed and they headed back for England. So he was so close to Croatoan and possibly the answer to mm-hmm. what happened to this colony. And he had to leave. How frustrating. And if you read firsthand accounts of what he observed, he wrote that they moved inland. I think you already mentioned 50 that. 50 miles into the 50 main. 50 miles into the main. And I have to wonder, was that a way of consoling himself? Maybe he, he thought it was just as mysterious and upsetting, and perhaps he convinced himself that that's what happened. He couldn't probe any further. He didn't have the resources or time, and so that's just how it was. They just moved inland, and that would have been a reassuring answer. It would have been, but, but don't you find it curious that he specified a, a distance? 50 miles into the main, and also into the main has come into contention, uh, the, the, thing I buy into is 50 miles inland, into the mainland. Mm-hmm. Other people have said that uh, white meant 50 miles north. I don't know how you get into the main or north from into the main, but that would place the settlers in about the Chesapeake area, which was a, where they were originally supposed to be going. They were just stopping at Roanoke to make contact with those 15 soldiers, found them dead, and apparently the pilot of the ship who was going to take them to the Chesapeake uh, colony refused to take them any further. So they were stuck in Roanoke. So there's like mystery upon mystery shrouding this thing. There's an anthropologist named Lee Miller, and uh, I think she's out of Vanderbilt University, maybe? I can't remember. Sorry, uh, Ms. Miller. Uh, but she she suspects that the whole thing was sabotaged by people who were out to undermine um, Sir Walter Raleigh, who had an exclusive patent on the New World. And that that pilot refusing him to take it, take, take the uh, colonists any further was part of this, this plot to thwart the, the colonists' success. So it may have been a conspiracy, it's, or at least some people would think. Sure. And it wasn't until 1607 when the Jamestown colony came into play that there was time and there were resources to dedicate to the disappearance mm-hmm. of the Roanoke colonists. And what's funny is that when people got to Roanoke, they couldn't even agree, really, where the settlement would have been. You know, which part of the island? Was it where the cannons were? Mm -hmm. Was it, you know, further inland? Now, the cannons were located in the sound, in a little inlet, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And... That, that's where the cannons were. That's where boats should have been. John White found no evidence of any of these. Um, and the original settlement had a fort, Fort Raleigh. And that's where uh, people have been digging pretty much since I think the 1940s is when serious scientific digs were, began to be undertaken. Um, and they found no evidence of the second settlement. So not only were the colonists lost, the colony itself is literally lost. We have no idea where it is, where it went. And because Roanoke is an island, people do suspect that erosion may have washed some evidence away, and mm-hmm. parts of Roanoke could be underwater now. Yeah. And the mystery thickens even more because <laughs> supposedly there was a man who either inadvertently or, you know, just 
blabbing it around somehow told the Spanish mm-hmm. where Roanoke was and that he was en route there and this is what England was doing with the land and the English and the Spanish were none too friendly so people think that the Spaniards may have come in and caused some mischief yeah. or that there was a shift in power among other Native American tribes and even if the Roanoke colonists were friendly with one of the tribes they would have been their match against a big tribal I guess uprising um, melee. Well, yeah, that, exactly. That, again, that's anth- that's one of anthropologist uh, Miller's uh, theories is that there was a uh, a shift in power from the Powhatans who were friendly with the Roanoke colonists that they lost their control over the area and to fill that power vacuum other tribes who were hostile to the colonists rose up took power had if that happened and the Roanoke's or the uh, Roanoke colonists had moved 50 miles into the main right then they would have been walking into just uh, this uh, a tribal war and they would have been slaughtered the men would have been and the men and wi- I'm sorry the women and children would have been sold as slaves right yeah and and there was apparently a trading network from Virginia to Augusta Georgia, all up and down the coast. So they, any evidence of them would have been lost, even if they had been subsumed into um, any tribe that, that, that purchased them, basically, which is another theory. Right. And there is one more possibility, at least one more, and it's a little bit more peaceful and a little bit of a, a happier ending. And that is that the colonists move inland and they assimilated into a Native American tribe. Mm-hmm. And things were hunky-dory. They intermarried and produced an entirely new subset of people. The Lumbee. The Lumbee. And this theory is called the Lumbee Connection. Right. And a lot of people who made it over to the area later said that they would see people who had European dress or European manners and, and speech associating with the Native Americans or that even there were some people who look like they were neither Native American entirely nor European entirely. Maybe they had darker skin, but they also had lighter colored eyes, like Europeans. Mm-hmm. There were some, uh, I think, French or English settlers um, who were hunting and trapping in the North Carolina area who uh, made the first documented uh, contact with the Lumbee tribe. So you imagine you, you're meeting this tribe who aren't supposed to have come in contact with any uh, any whites and they can read and write and speak English. And some of them have gray eyes, which is an anomaly among Native Americans. And their houses look a lot like the houses you see back in England. That gives a lot of support to this, this Lumbee connection theory. Uh, and the Lumbee themselves, a lot of them, uh, it's part of their oral tradition that the Roanoke colonists were assumed into their tribe and they, they formed the Lumbee. But that's also in dispute. Um, there's a, uh, especially back during the, uh, I guess, the Anglicization of Native Americans in the 19th century. This is a, a big kind of, um, I, there is an identity crisis among tribes. And uh, a lot of the Lumbee, as far as I understand, kind of, they, they don't really like to talk about that white heritage because it may make them perceived as less than Native American. Well, for my money... I am thinking that they were assimilated into the Native American tribe. I'm betting on the Lumbee connection as well. I mean, if there were houses in the area that looked similar to what the Roanoke colonists had mm-hmm. on Roanoke, mm-hmm. and if John White observed that these houses had been, I guess, disassembled, for lack of a better term, I think they probably just took all their supplies, all the resources that they had stored on Roanoke, and just moved it all inland. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so fact or fiction, what's your what's your final verdict on the Indian attack? Oh, gosh. You'd say uh, fiction, I guess? I f- well, oh, gosh, I don't even know. 
Can, well, I, can I say faction? Sure. That's such a cheap cop out, as y'all totally well know by now. <laughs> faction. Maybe this is actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to give it anyone. I'm not going to say it's fact fiction or faction. It's Ooh, just, it belongs to the ages. Yeah, it belongs to the ages. It's a real mystery. And if you want more details about it, you can read What Happened to the Lost Colony at Roanoke on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.